Good afternoon. Happy Sabbath. I don't know if it's windy in here, but I'm shaking. <sighs> you know, listening, listening to that song, I was on a quest once, and I would ask the Lord to give me patience. And I would continuously pray, Lord, give me patience, give me patience, give me patience. And the Lord gave me a co-worker named Kevin instead of giving me patience. And man, Kevin would stand at my last nerve. Almost every shift I would tell Kevin, this is your last shift here with me. You're going to another department. But I would never give up Kevin for anybody. Today's topic of the sermon is plugged in but not connected. Plugged in but not connected. See, the cell phone, after probably about 12, 18 hours of usage, it's going to go dead. It's going to go dead if I don't do two things. If I don't connect this charger in this phone, and if I don't plug this phone into the source of electricity down here, this phone will never be charged. See, I cannot do one thing. I have to do two. You see... If I plug this in the power source down there and this part of the this part is not connected to the phone, the phone will not be charged. And if I plug this in here and I don't plug this in the power source, this phone will be dead. And so it is with us and Christ. We have to be both plugged in and connected. We cannot be plugged in and not connected. We cannot be connected and not plugged in. We have to be both plugged in and connected. And how can we be plugged in and connected with the Lord? His word. His word. And following the word. Because we can be plugged in via the word, but we are not living the word. So we have to be both in the word and following the instruction of the word. Let us pray. Father, Lord, oh God, I thank you for this another blessed, beautiful Sabbath day. Father, Lord, oh God, I'm not ready to even stand here in your holy presence. But here I am, oh God, and I'm asking you to cleanse me and use me. Lord, the devil can pinpoint without a magnifying glass all my faults and my filth, O oh God. But your blood is covering me. So he have nothing, dear God. Lord, let me hide behind you. Let your Holy Spirit fill me today. And let your children be fed by your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See, 
Turn your Bibles with me today, please, to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. And it's better for us to have our Bibles than our phones. Yeah, I know a lot of us um, have it all downloaded on the phone, but with the phone, there's a lot of distraction. And the devil will use whatever he can to take us away from the Word of God. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 1. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. It's nice to hear the Bible pages. Yep. And his disciples came. His disciples came up to show him the building. Matthew chapter 24. And we go start from verse 1. So here Jesus went out of the temple. And his disciples came to show him the beautiful temple, the beautiful structure. I mean, the living temple was right there. The living temple, Jesus Christ, the living temple was right there with the disciples. But the disciples were more focused on the tangible things. They were showing the, the temple of the living God. They were showing him the man-made structure. They were showing him the beautiful marble stones. They were, it was a, 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 a some historian said, uh, while Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olive right there, the afternoon sun was just glazing on the beautiful pearly walls. See, brothers and sisters, we may, and that's why I say we have to be both plugged in and connected. Because if they were plugged in and connected, they wouldn't have any reason to be showing temple of the living God, the structure that man made. They wouldn't have to be showing Jesus Christ the empty temple. Because the Shekinah glory was no longer in that building. But, he was in their midst. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? As surely I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. So here they were happy about the temple. And like my mom would tell me, whenever you're heating up soup and you have to stretch it out a little, throw hot water in it, not cold water. So here Jesus was throwing cold water on the disciples who were hot for the temple. Jesus bust their bubbles. By telling them there will not be one stone left upon another. Right then and there, the disciples were in a different frame of mind. Verse 3. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. And brothers and sisters, we need to be going to the Lord privately. Forget not the assembly of the brethren. Do not forget Wednesday night meetings. Do not forget your daily devotional. Your evening and morning devotional. 
But above all, do not forget your private time with the Lord. You see, the, the disciples didn't take Jesus' harsh words just now and go away and murmur. They came to him privately and they asked, What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? I think we are all Seventh-day Adventists in here this morning, so I'm just talking to the choir. We know this prophecy right here was fulfilled. In 66 AD, Cestius took a legion from Rome, and he went to Jerusalem, and he surrounded Jerusalem. He put a siege on Jerusalem like the world have never seen since. Mothers ate their babies. The young killed the old for whatever they could salvage to get some food. This general and his army lacked Jerusalem. Nobody could go in, nobody could come out. And then he just got up and he walked away. He walked away. But there were people who were listening to the word of God. They were listening while Jesus was always preaching and giving the parables. There were those who were plugged in and connected. When Cestius and his army leave Jerusalem, they run. God's people run out of Jerusalem. Then came A.D. 70. And a member of Sister Titus's family, General Titus, went down to Jerusalem. And he was in a no plain mood. The temple that Jesus told them that not one stone would be left upon another was totally destroyed. The beautiful temple, not one stone. The historian said the gold in the temple melted and ran out like water. Because the word of Jesus will always be fulfilled. Verse 4, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no one deceive you. Take heed that no one deceive you. Seventh-day Adventists, we need to take heed that no one deceive us. You see, we are so focused on the papacy. We are so focused on what is coming. We are so focused on what is out there. Our deception is in here. Satan will not leave God's church or God's people alone. We know what is out there. We can go out and tell all everything that's going on out there. The deception will be in here. Be careful of who you are plugged in and connected to. Some of our leaders 
are just wolves wearing sheep's apparel. You know, I was about 16 years old in high school, and I had a friend from another parish, so he didn't want to board on campus. So his parents, they were wealthy, they got him an apartment. And every afternoon after school, we would go and we would study together. And we'll, after we study, we'll just kick back on his balcony and just laugh and talk and have a good time. And there was a pastor, and that pastor was from the church, the Seventh-day Adventist church in the community where I live. And every afternoon that pastor would come. I don't know if he was giving Bible studies, brothers and sisters. I don't know what he was doing. But there was a young lady living in the apartment. And this pastor would come there by himself every afternoon. And whenever I did visit church, he would be up there preaching and preaching and preaching. He had a beautiful wife. I was just a young boy, so I would look. He had a beautiful wife, but this young lady never had a smile on her face. Two nice boys. And when they were in church, they couldn't move. They were stern. Years later, I saw one of the young men. And I asked my brother, I, saw, I said to my brother, I saw a young man in Mandeville today, and he looked like so-and-so's child. But he was deformed. And when I say deformed, that he, the pastor's kids should not smell like that and look like that. My brother said, yes, that was him. Many years ago, my brother sent me a message one morning. I was in Jamaica with a friend of mine, and I saw the pastor. The used-to-be pastor. He was no longer in the church. And he was, in, in Jamaica, we have a slang we call rude boy talking. And he was just, and he was acting up, and I was like, look at that. This was the pastor that God had given To lead a flock. My brother sent me a message one morning and he asked me if I recognize anybody in the picture. It was gruesome. I didn't recognize any of the faces in the picture. I sent back, I said, no. That was the pastor's wife and the pastor's son. The police said there was no. No false entry. Be careful who you are plugged into. Don't be deceived. The only way we can avoid the deception is if we are both connected and plugged in only to Jesus Christ. We are not safe being Seventh-day Adventists. So if you're going to hide behind that, that mirror that, oh, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, I know everything, it's a deception. When we are living right, the devil is not going to let us go. 
please pray for Carlos Lilo Rosario. I got a message from him this morning. Now, it, it is so funny when we come and we fall in love with Christ. I met this young man in Walmart over 10 years ago. He came here, he got baptized, and Carlos just get up one day and found himself in Cambodia. He's in Cambodia right now. He's not feeling well, brothers and sisters. Pray him up. He needs our help. There is a church that is covered with all kind of, and he wants to restore the church. He have a GoFundMe page that he's trying to get some cash. To restore the church so God's people can meet. This young man gave up America to go into the unknown. Carlos didn't know anybody over there. Carlos went over there on a mission trip and Carlos never come back. Jesus tells us that this gospel of the kingdom must be preached. He didn't say it must be accepted around the world. He said it must be preached in all the world. Brother Raj, where are you from, sir? India. Okay. Brother Gonzalo, where are you from? Philippines. Sister Smalls, where are you from? Puerto Rico. My sister right here, where are you from? Jamaica. Uh, um, my Burmese brother down there, where are you from? <laughs> Myanmar. Brothers and sisters, the gospel of Jesus Christ has been spread around the world. We're human agents were not able to take the gospel of Jesus Christ. Shortwave radio did it. And we're short where radio were not able to go. God himself had gone there. Because where man cannot go, he will go. We are just agents of his. Do not be deceived. I'm not going to go through the whole chapter because it's very long. And like I say, it's just a revision course. Because we are supposed to know all of this. On my job... Before the COVID, every year, we had to do a 16-hour safety course. When we were going to that course, we wear our shades. And we keep a smile on our face, on our hands, on our cheek, because everybody's fast asleep. But we have to be there. The city does that to protect themselves first and foremost. That we cannot say, if any accident takes place out there, we cannot say, oh, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't. They protect themselves. Brothers and sisters, we need to protect ourselves. We need to be indulging in the word of God that nothing don't fly up on us. Everything that Christ has spoken about in Matthew chapter 24 has already been fulfilled. We know of the meteor showers. We know of the sun uh, not shining that day. The moon turning blood. The Lisbon earthquake that shook the entire world. 
Jesus can come any day now. Any day now. So if we're here waiting for the National Sunday Law to be passed to get ready, then we are late. The National Sunday Law is already law. It is already law. So if we're still waiting on signs for the coming of Jesus Christ, then we are deceiving ourselves. That it will be too late. Judgment is taking place in the house of God. We are the ones being judged right now. Jesus tells us in verse 5 that many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will deceive many. I mean, thank God for television because these things we see, we see Jesus come, he was in Jamaica a couple months ago, almost kill off a whole church. Almost kill off everybody if, if the police didn't reach there in time. There wouldn't be one soul left in there because Jesus was telling them what to do and they were doing it. Brothers and sisters, if we are not filled with the Holy Spirit, if the Spirit in us is not the Spirit of God, then demons are going to take us over. And when the demons say do, we will do. There's only two spirits in the world. The Holy Spirit and the evil spirit. And we can only have one or the other. And it's by choice. Verse 9. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And will hate you. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Everybody have their own gods. Everybody want to have their own God. But there's only one God. And he's the creator. And he took upon himself flesh. And he came here. That none should perish. None. Of his created beings should be perished. For God so loved the world that he gave it to his only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We cannot have everlasting life outside of Jesus Christ. He's the only source plugged in and be connected to for us to have Eternal life. Then many false prophets, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. So here in verse 5, Jesus told us, don't be deceived. And then here in 11, he's telling us again of the false prophets who will deceive. And again I will say, They are not just outside the walls. They are also on the inside. Be plugged in and connected to your God. 
the creator of the universe, because there's other gods who are vying for soul. Fifteen. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whosoever read, let him understand. And we know Daniel 9.27 because we are Seventh-day Adventists. And that is why I'm just running through this because we know this already. It's just a revision course before we sit the test. And what's the desolation of abomination that Daniel spoke about is what I just said a couple minutes ago. When the Roman army, which is pagan army, attacked Jerusalem. Jerusalem, if Jerusalem, if the, if the people, if the Jews, if the Israelites were living according to the Lord, they would have been the holy nation. And here we have a pagan nation attacking the people who were supposed to be God's people. It, was even, it is even written that a pig, a pig, and we know the pig represents the evil spirit, was placed on the altar. That's how malicious these people were against Israel and their God. It's Black History Month. It was 2005. My brother and I were in Boston and we were, we always watched the news. And the news came on that John Paul II, the Pope that is, was going to apologize for the sins of the Roman Catholic Church. He got my attention. The date came and my brother and I, we were glued to the television. Now, when you are a Jamaican, you will understand better why we were glued. Because we have the Rastafarian community in our country. And everything that has to do with the, with, the, with the papacy is just fire. So, I wanted to hear... One thing that he was going to apologize about, and that was slavery. Because from the Rastaman, I understood that they played, the Roman Catholic Church played a major part in slavery. And he spoke, and he spoke, and he spoke, and he spoke, and he spoke. And he said... He want to apologize on behalf of the Roman Catholic Church for their participation in slavery. I don't think any black people should be sitting in a Roman Catholic Church. And it's just my, it's just my personal thought. The papacy has done everything that it needs to do to make life a hell on earth for God's people. You know, I've been 
going through the, uh, the great controversy. And the French Revolution, chapter 15, and brothers and sisters, we have all of this literature. God has given us these inspired words. We need to use them up. We need to use them up. I put the other version because I'm driving in my truck and I'm listening in. And the same events that had taken place during the French Revolution is taking place in America right now. Lawlessness. Lawlessness. I mean, listen. Sister Janelle cannot bury her loved one. People are dying from violent crimes now, it seems, more than ever. When you look what's happening in Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, I mean, look what just happened in Dallas some weeks ago. A father, a father, a parent, took his 14-year-old son to the corner store to kill to murder three or four other teenage children. A parent. On Thursday night, he was on the news because he's locked up and he will be charged. He's already been charged for murder, but he hid his son. Parents, Seventh-day Adventists, we have this thing that we want to be like everybody else and we let our children go sleep over here and sleep over there and stop it. The devil, when he can't get your children in your house, he will get them when they are out of your house. Evil things will happen to your children. And when they come back home with an the attitude, they cannot tell you what had happened to them. Your children are only safe in your presence. And when they have to be out, you send them out with the blood of God, the blood of Jesus Christ upon them. Do not put your children in danger. The predators are in your family already. Times and things have changed for the worse. Let us protect each other. Let us protect each other. Brothers and sisters, I have some names here. And I want you to listen to these names carefully. And if your children or if your child or if somebody you know is not on this list, please let us get the list. Let us get those names. Let us get those names so we can pray. Let us we can pray because God is still in the answering prayer business. And we want everybody, we want all of us and our families to be in heaven. Before I call the names, the Holy Spirit put it on me and I must say it. I have to say it. Parents, parents, the parents who are taking their children Sabbath mornings to sporting activities. Stop it, please. Please. You cannot go to heaven without your children. Whatever you are, whatever reason you do 
infinite. It's not worth their salvation. There's no university that you want them to get in that God cannot get them into. But you can take them out of heaven by that act. My son wanted, my son was doing very good in karate. And all the competitions were on Sabbath. None on Sundays. He said, Daddy, just this one time. Just one time, Daddy. I said, no, son. Because if I do it one time, you're going to have me. Because then, oh, you had let me do it the other time. No, I'm not going to fall victim to that. Please, 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 please. Let us get our house in order. Because Jesus is coming very, very soon. Like the people in the French Revolution, they went to their bed. They went to their bed. Everything was okay. The alarm went off. And God's people were drugged out. We were drugged out of their homes. Look at the person to the left of you. We're going to do a neck exercise now. Look to the person to the left of you. Look at the person to the right of you. That may be the person you betray, or that may be the person who betray you. In the French Revolution, the people who were breaking bread together, who were spreading the gospel together, some were undercover, they did whatever. The soldiers took one. One of them went into a community and took one of them out his house. Drag him out. And that's all they needed. They only needed one. Case that one, he snitched, as, as young people would say in the street, he snitching everybody. Not one was spared. Not one of God's people was spared. Brothers and sisters, we need to use up this literature that the Lord has given us. We need to be connected into his words. The spirit of prophecy is for real. I have some names here. And like I say, all the names are not on this list. So, whomever didn't hear whosever name, please let us get it. We have Michael Hilton, Euclid, Elijah, Tino, Princess. We have Crystal Martin, Brandon Martin, Mike Martin, Andrew, Rosa, and Rebecca Southern. We have Brandon, and that's Eunice's son, Sean Williams, B.J. Hilton, Megan Hilton, Brittany and her family, Katrina and her family, Janet, Serena Pena, Alexis Pena Flores and her family, Sabrina. We have Troy and Bianca Adams. We have Davian Huff, Ava. We have Ethan, Ashley, Tiffany, Amari, Vladi. We have Micah Hilton. We have Jamelia Hilton, Jennifer Dulo, Myra Dulo, Daniela, Dominic. We have Diane, that's Sister Titus's daughter Diane. We have Daniel. We have Martin Reed and his sister. We have Trey Allison. You have a daughter? And Brittany. We have Shelly Small, Raul Small, Cameron Murphy, Cameron, Kurt Nelson. We have Jariel 
and Yariani Leal, Carlos Rosario, Nesta, we have Brother Brighton, we have Brooke, we have Enoch, his brother, we have Hananiah, Azaria, and these are the Solomons. We have the Manros and the Kennedys and their families, Alina Wolcock. We have Journey Whitehead and her brothers. We have Ashley and Samuel, Lily. We have the Okoro sons, uh, Ken, Charles, Daniel. We have Sister Sonia, and we promised Sister Sonia that we would pray for her children and her grandchildren. We have Malik. We have Christoph. We have Ra um, the Ventikayers. We have Jordan. We have Matthew. We have Joshua. We have Caleb. We have Trent. And that's Brother Ernest and Sister Esther's son. And we have, we have Rochelle, the, the young lady, um, I think his, um, his sister Esther's niece. She used to be at our school here. We have Esther Keiko. We have Zach. We have Jun. We have Soso, C, Duane. And we have all our Burmese brothers and sisters. We have Anne-Marie right here. Can't forget you. And we have Shane and Ian Martin. We have Breakthrough, and we have exactly the cousin right there. Brothers and sisters, these are names of young people who used to be here. Now, a lot of us have moved on. We're not trying to get them back into Garland. We just want to pray for them to continue their walk with Jesus. Those who have moved to the right, let them come. We're going to pray that they come back to the narrow. Those who have moved to the left, we're going to pray that they will come back. Vladdy Jack, we're going to pray for them to come back to the mirror. And those who are continuing on the walk, pray that they will continue. They won't stumble. Because the devil has everything. His machinery is oiled. His press is moving. He's not wasting any time. We are in search of a pastor in closing. We are in search of a pastor. Listen, he's a human being. Yeah, we would like a pastor who can do pathfinder and who can take care of this ministry and that ministry and preach like Paul and visit the men, take care of here and take care of the school and take care of... No, brothers and sisters, he's a human being. We need two character in our pastor. A man who fears God and a team player. That's all we need. He'll be the captain and we play the supporting role. That's all we need. When we are working with our pastors and our pastors are working with us, there can be no failure. When we play together, we win together. Brothers and sisters, the time is well spent. There is nothing else to look forward to in this world but the coming of Jesus Christ. As we speak, Putin has surrounded the Ukraine on all three sides.
NATO and the United States are getting ready. But like Jesus told us, there will be war and there will be rumors of war. We can't stop what is coming. But we can pray and ask the Lord to make us ready for what is coming. Thank you very much. God bless you. me the story of Jesus, right? Number 152. Tell me the story of Jesus. I am Tell me the story Tell how the 
Brothers and sisters, if we really love the Lord, like we say we do, today, when we hear his word, harden not our hearts. Harden not our hearts. The Lord have a message and the Lord have a work. A message to be sent through all of us. A work to be done by all of us. Sometimes we get to do the work collectively, but sometimes it ought to be done solo. It's not an altar call, but right where you are, before I pray, I'm giving you one minute for you to just take you to the Lord and tell him what you want him to use you for. Your minute begin now. Father, Lord, O oh God, thank you for your word. Father, your people heard what you wanted to say to them today, not what I wanted to tell them, but what you wanted them to hear. Father, you heard all the private prayers just now, the secret prayers just now, O oh God. Lord, have mercy upon us, please, and help us to be the light as we step in dark places. Cleanse us from our sins. Father, as Sister Hilton will journey tomorrow, we ask in you to give her an angelic escort to Jamaica. And Lord, let her have a great time in Jamaica. Let your hedge be around her and her family. And as she is affectionately known in Jamaica, Sister Sweetie, Lord, crown her in your glory. Because, Father, no matter what's going down, you know she's going down there to, to spread the gospel. Lord, after her tenure is done down there, bring her back safely to us and her family. Father, as we go out, let us be mindful that we are still on holy time. And when the sun sets, we begin a new week. We're asking to clear and direct our path. Cleanse us, O oh God, of all unrighteousness. And Father, please, O oh God, because only you can, we're asking you to let us meet in your temple next Sabbath again to worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.